What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House with your host here, Justin Everett, aka Smooth underscore seven hundred two. You can find me on Twitter, also known as X. Uh, another, you know, great show to get the new week of Monday. You know, kicked off and started off a lot going on in the sports world. You know, um, NFL preseason wrapping up, um, and the uh, college football week zero was a success uh, on Saturday as well as, you know, recapping, um, you know, the, the news and uh, the weekend of Major League Baseball. Um, but, you know, we made it, guys. Uh, preseason for NFL finished up you know, Sunday night with the Texans and uh, Ravens completing, you know, the preseason there. Not a lot of starters played for the Saints. A few played for the Texans. But I'm going to share some thoughts with uh, how preseason went for uh, for, for me uh betting it here um first time really getting involved in betting preseason football you know not a bad experience could have been a little bit better uh this past uh friday was not that you know great of a of a result for us but bounce, was able to bounce back on saturday on a couple of games we had there so going to share some thoughts with some uh some teams that i thought looked pretty good uh coming out of the preseason and some that uh not so much um as well as you know, looking forward, uh, uh, recapping, you know, the official week of college football uh, and week one here. So um, before we get into the show, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, you've been following me for a while, you've been following the show for a while, uh, head over to Apple or Spotify, however you're listening to the show, and give me a rating, review, subscribe, download, share the show. Uh, let's continue to grow, uh, uh, beat the house here. As we're you know pretty you know uh, young in our uh, growth stages, but been doing a lot of great numbers, getting a lot of great feedback, and here at Beat the House, you know, like I said before, you know, you can expect to get a, a betting conversation here where you you might not get you know much other places. Um, you know, there's been a lot of different ways of handicapping if you've been you know uh, handicapping for a while. You know, if you're a data a data driven person, or you're watching a lot of games, or you you know. Uh, relying on a lot of uh, uh, stats or, or trends here at Beat the House. You know, we try to incorporate you know, a little bit of everything. You know, we talk about the stats uh, from a, a betting standpoint, the predictive stats and putting it, putting them in their proper context for the related sports. Um, we talk about, you know, respected money, line movement, betting splits, um, you know, some historical trends, you know, that could, you know, play a part in upcoming games or, or, uh, you know, just, you know, season to season trends, you know, that could be, you know, impactful and carry some weight, carry some meaning. So here at Beat the House, you know, pay attention to, you know, just about everything and, you know, try to turn a, uh, find a, turn a profit, find edges and give out, you know, winning picks and winning plays and, and stack winning days. So that's just something that you can expect, uh, when you're tuning in to Beat the House or following me on social media. So, uh, with that, uh, getting out the way, uh, 
putting that out the way. You know, let's jump right into the show here and, you know, quickly just move over to NFL first because NFL is king. And, you know, with the preseason wrapping up, um, you know, like I stated, it went four and four with the bets, you know, the best bets that we've given out on the show. Uh, going back to Friday night, it was a terrible, uh, terrible outing there. You know, it was on the 49ers minus seven and a half. Um, they did not, not only did they not cover the game, they didn't win the game outright. Um, as there was some news where Trey Lance, uh, was traded like, you know, hours. Uh, the trade was official like hours before the game. So, um, he was a, a big part in the handicap there as I thought that, you know, the last preseason game, uh, for him, you know, after being named quarterback three for the 49ers, he would have been, um, you know, able to go all out and, you know, raise his trade value. But, you know, little did I know that his trade value was already high enough to be traded before the game started. And he did not suit up for the 49ers, um, you know, as they, you know, lost uh, their final preseason game there. And, you know, just speaking a little bit about the news, because I know he made a lot of headlines uh, Friday night. And and the 49ers have also made a, a lot of headlines for the, you know, giving up what they did, you know, to, to trade up to get him with the three first round picks and I believe a third and only getting back a fourth. But. Um, you know, the 49ers took a shot and it didn't, it didn't work out in the, to the way that they, you know, felt that it did. Um, you know, Trey Lance, you know, he had all the, you know, um, individual talent as far as a big arm, uh, mobile, athletic, you know, had the size. And he also came from a, a pro style system in college at North Dakota State, even though he didn't play a lot of, you know, a, a lot of ball there. Um, you know, with the, you know, the work that Kyle Shanahan has been able to do throughout his career with quarterbacks, he felt that he was, you know, going to be able to mold Trey Lance into, you know, what they needed from the quarterback position. And it just didn't work out, you know, not to any fault that I think, in my opinion, of Trey Lance's, um, just when his opportunities presented, uh, to presented themselves for him, you know, to take over the franchise, um, he just dealt with injuries, uh, whether it was, you know, his rookie year, you know, given an opportunity to battle it out with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp and, you know, breaking, um, I think, the tip of his uh, index finger on his throwing hand, setting him back. And, you know, once, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was established as the starter then, you know, he took him all the way to uh, the NFC title game and was, you know, a play away from, you know, reaching their second Super Bowl. So, um, the 49ers, they just weren't in a position to, to give, to hand over, you know, the, the team to Trey Lance, um, and, and just allow him to go through his, his, uh, his, uh, growing phases and, and play and just play football games. But in the second year, you know, they did make that move. Um, they had moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo and, 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 uh, you know, was trying to trade him, but, you know, he wasn't a part of the team. Trey Lance was the guy. And he just suffered another injury, you know, in week two of this past year, um, you know, breaking his ankle against the Seahawks and missing the remaining of that year. And then they had to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. He gets hurt and then comes Brock Purdy, who, you know, played, you know, outstanding for the six or seven, you know, games that he, you know, took over the team. And he just took, you know, the offense to new heights that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't able to do. And Trey Lance, because of injury, wasn't able to do. And, 
you know, despite, you know, the 49ers giving up what they did to trade for Trey Lance, you know, the, the objective and the goal, you know, was to find a, a young quarterback, you know, that Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the team, you know, felt confident enough in and believed enough in you know, that could, you know, do things with the offense that Kyle Shanahan has always envisioned. Uh, you know, while being on a rookie deal so that they could, you know, retain a lot of the, you know, young players, you know, on their defense or just around the team in the general sense, you know, and retain as many of those guys as they can, you know, once they drafted them and develop them, you know, and be able to pay them. And, you know, despite, you know, wasting three first round picks on Trey Lance, you know, they have their guy in Brock Purdy, who's the, the face of the franchise now moving forward. And they also have built, you know, one of the three best rosters in all of football. And, you know, they're one of the handful of teams, you know, in the NFL, you know, that could legitimately compete for a Super Bowl and, you know, to win their division and to win their conference. So uh, the objective of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has been reached, you know, with Brock Purdy um, still being on the rookie deal and still having, you know, the, 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 the roster around them and pretty soon here. They're probably going to ink a new deal uh, with, uh, with Nick Bosa. So um, even though they they wasted three first round picks on with uh, on Trey Lance and it didn't work out, you know they're still in the position that they set out to be in. You know when they made the move to go get Trey Lance. So I think that you know it's just um, you know you know pretty you know funny you know flat that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are getting right now through social media or, you know, through mainstream media for um, taking as big of a risk, you know, on Trey Lance and then not working out. But them still being able to get, you know, a fourth round pick from all of that, definitely not, you know, the compensation that they gave up to move up in the draft to get them. But it's better than, you know, better than nothing because going back to when they were trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, they weren't able to get anything for him, but they were able to get at least a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. And going into, you know, looking ahead to uh, way ahead to next year's draft, you know, with the roster that they have intact, they're probably going to sign, not probably, but they're definitely going to sign Nick Bosa here pretty soon. He'll be back on the team. And, you know, they'll have 11, you know, draft picks, you know, for next year's draft. So the 49ers roster is going to be good for a while. Uh, Brock Purdy is still on a, a very team-friendly rookie deal. So, you know, despite, you know, the failure of an experiment or risk that they had with Trey Lance, you know, they're still in a great position to compete for Super Bowl this year and the next, you know, handful of years as well. So um, let's talk about some teams that I thought, you know, looked, you know, pretty good, you know, coming out of the preseason. And these are just, you know, you know, their ones and some of their, you know, two second string guys that, um, you know, once they were on the field, just being able to go out and execute a simple game plan and, you know, looking like they progressed from, you know, year one to year two and uh, three teams that, you know, caught my eye and stood out to me, you know, that looked pretty good coming out of the preseason were the Steelers, Packers and Saints. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, for the Steelers, he looks like he's really in command of that offense uh, for Pittsburgh. You know, he looks like he's de- developed, you know, some great chemistry with George Pickens, the second year receiver as well as some other receivers and their tight end there. So, um, you know, this will be a tough week one matchup for my 49ers going on the road to Pittsburgh as they already had, you know, one of uh, the best defenses in football with a healthy TJ Watt back on the roster there. 
And the total, you know, kind of says it all that they don't really expect a lot of scoring coming out of this one. I think it opened up at 41 and a half. It's moved down to 40 or 40 and a half uh, with two, you know, defenses like the uh, Steelers and 49ers that can put out there. But it'd be pretty tough. So, um, you know, with, you know, those teams coming out of preseason, I think that'd be a tough week one matchup. And, you know, the Packers uh, moving on from Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, you know, continued to impress. You know, he were, he the Packers were, you know, one of the picks that we were on here at Beat the House on Saturday, laying three to the Seahawks. And, you know, Jordan Love got some extended playing time, you know, in that game. And, you know, it looked pretty, you know, a lot like Kenny Pickett did for the Steelers. Jordan Love looks like he's, you know, really in command and really ready to take over Green Bay there with a lot of the young weapons that he'll have around him. Um, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon will be ready to go for week one. Uh, Aaron Jones was held out of the final preseason game, but A.J. Dillon was able to get on the field out there with him as well as some other, you know, young receiver or young receiving weapons. So, um, you know, they are looking at some of the lines there for week one. Uh, the Packers, you know, I'm, I really like the position that they're in going up against uh, the Bears in week one, and that will uh, probably be more one of my official picks for week one there, uh, looking for the Packers to upset um, uh, uh, Chicago. So, And it has a lot to do with uh, Jordan Love. So really like what I've seen with uh, Jordan Love coming out of preseason for the Packers and the Saints. Uh, they didn't have a lot of their, you know, number ones you know, uh, playing Sunday night against the Texans, closing out the preseason. But from what I've seen, you know, from their number ones with Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and some of the other guys there, um, I think this is probably the most underrated team, you know, heading into uh, week one of the season there. Um, Alvin Kamara will be suspended for, you know, the first three or four games or so. But I think they have a lot of other skill, you know, weapons, you know, that they'll be able to manage without them. And like I said, going back, you know, to their season win total and their division odds, uh, they have the easiest strength of schedule of any team, you know, this season. So I think they'll be able to do more than just get by. And I think they have a lot of weapons there. So those were the three teams that I really liked coming out of the preseason. A couple that I didn't um, were the Texans and the Panthers first strings. Um, Watching these, you know, watching these two, two, these two teams, they're both entering this year, you know, with a, uh, a rookie, rookie quarterbacks and new head coaches. And, you know, neither team, you know, really seemed to get a, you know, offensive rhythm or any type of putting anything good on tape, you know, with the preseason winding down. Uh, I know the Panthers on Friday night, you know, the first string, they put up, uh, you know, a good couple series there as I think they had a, a 10 to nothing lead, but, you know, that was against the Lions team that, you know, were sitting all their number ones. But when uh, the Panthers in their previous two preseason games has gone against other teams, number ones, uh, they struggle pretty badly. And I think that's something that is, uh, you know, something to consider and to look, uh, you know, look into more, you know, as they match up week one in a division uh, against the uh, against the Falcons there. So uh, same thing with the Texans, C.J. Stroud in the number one offense, um, even, you know, going against the Saints here on Sunday night uh, with a lot of their second and third stringers. Uh, didn't really put anything good on tape there, and they have a really tough opponent in week one going up against the Ravens uh, in that defense. 
uh, that's been together for a little while. And, you know, they'll have the Ravens will have a lot of, you know, explosive offensive uh, skill position players with a healthy Lamar Jackson, you know, back on the field. So I think that's something that'll be tough for the Texans to deal with. So let's quickly move over and recap, you know, the college football week zero. Uh, we started off um, the college football season with the winner there, uh, Hawaii plus 17 and a half over Vanderbilt, uh, only losing by seven, 35-28. And, you know, uh, Hawaii, you know, they probably was in a good position to win that game outright. Um, you know, they had a touchdown, what looked like to be a touchdown, um, you know, on the one-yard line there that was overturned. And the very next play, uh, a pick was thrown in the end zone there. So I think that was a, a big play that had a big outcome on the game. But uh, still cashes for us. We were 17 and a half points, well within the number, only losing by seven. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, they rolled pretty easily against Navy, 42 to three, easily covering the 20 and a half closing line there. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, for USC opened up the year, you know, with a really uh, Heisman worthy performance. Uh, four touchdowns, 278 yards, less than 10 in completions. Uh, but USC does not get the cover there as they close as 31 point favorites um, and only winning by 28. Uh, the offense continues to look impressive, led by Caleb Williams. I think a lot of teams should be tanking for him um, in the NFL uh, come draft time, uh, real, uh, real further down the road there. But uh, it looks like USC still has some issues and some kinks to work out on the defense as they gave up 28 points to San Jose State. Only seven of those came in the second half. Uh, first half and in in going into halftime was a really close game. It was 14 to 21 or so, but uh, they was able to, you know, USC offense led by Caleb Williams was able to pull away. So overall, you know, I think the dogs went four and three to open up uh, week zero there. So really looking forward, you know, to break down, you know, week one's card, we'll have some more, you know, picks uh, for the Wednesday and Friday show. But uh, just a quick re uh, recap there and, uh, let's move over to uh, Major League Baseball. Um, not a not a whole lot of news in Major League Baseball was following, you know, preseason and college football. But, you know, some big news coming out of Major League Baseball over the weekend, the Seattle Mariners, you know, going back to um, the beginning of July, end of June, um, you know, they were, you know, 10, maybe nine or 10 games back, um, you know, but they recently surged and went on a big winning streak and they are currently you know, leading the AOS division uh, coming out of the weekend there. Um, you know, I think this team is pretty dangerous. You know, as we wind down the last 30 games or so, they have, like I said before, they have three really solid uh, quality pitchers at the top of their rotation with George Kirby, Luis Castillo, and Logan Gilbert. And the offense is starting to come alive and swing bats. Uh, they just got J.P. Crawford back from injury. So really like what the Mariners got cooking and got going on to finish out the MLB season. So uh, let's quickly get into the best bet uh, for Monday and going to go to the Padres and Cardinals game. And uh, Padres are laying heavy juice, Blake Snell going up against Adam Wainwright, but we're going to look to isolate this matchup and look to play the Padres first five innings, a uh, minus half a run, uh, laying minus 135 juice. And just going to highlight, you know, the matchup between Blake Snell and Adam Wainwright. Uh, Snell for the season, 142 innings pitched, 
273 ERA, 404 expected ERA with just a 196 uh, opponent batting average given up. But over his last nine starts is where he's really been lights out. Five and two record with the 216 ERA, 383 FIP, a 173 opponent batting average. And he's making a lot of noise to uh, get the NL Cy Young award there. And, you know, out of his last nine starts, he's faced six above average offenses. So him going up against the Cardinals offense, Shouldn't be any issue as he's already faced six really quality offenses there. I think he'll be able to handle um, the Cardinals offense. And Adam Wainwright, you know, he's been a soldier for the Cardinals for his entire career. But this year, it just has been the complete opposite. In 77 innings, he has an 861 ERA, 762 expected ERA with an opponent batting average well over 350. And over his last six starts, has not been any better has actually been slightly worse with the 0 and 5 record, a 10.52 ERA, 6.35 FIP, and a 3.54 opponent batting average. And get this, he's only faced two quality above average offenses, so he'll have to face the Padres that rank you know seventh in weighted runs created plus and eleventh in weighted on base average. So Padres eight games back of the final wild, wild card spot, still have a chance with 30 games left you know, to try to make some noise, go on a winning streak. And I think it starts with um, this matchup here against the Cardinals going up against Adam Wainwright. But we're just going to isolate this matchup and look to play the Padres. First five innings, minus half a run, land minus 135. So that's going to wrap up the show. Just a quick one to get out to you guys here as we get the new week started off. Uh, you know, like I said before, if you haven't already, head over to Apple or Spotify and uh, rate, review, subscribe, download, and share the show. I wish you guys best of luck, and I will catch up with you guys on Wednesday with more college football and NFL action breakdown. Uh, best of luck, and uh, catch up with you guys on Wednesday.